Welcome, welcome in to episode 70 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. We wanted to welcome you in today. We have a great show. Great, great, great show. We are going to be doing our reports from around the realm, followed by a league winner section where the three monarchs here are going to knight a certain player over the fantasy playoffs and tell you that they are bound for success, 100% success over the fantasy playoffs and Nine times out of 10 with the guys that we pick, they're probably available in your leagues at some capacity. And then last but not least, crystal ball that we always do. Again, this is going to be wrapping up our get ready for the fantasy playoffs episode. I need a little spirit, a little excitement from all of you out there. So again, wanted to thank you for tuning in. We also wanted to thank our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use the code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go! Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts... Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 70 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. 7-0, whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We have the whole gang back again, another show. JB, holding it down in the desert. Max, super producer up in the land and me myself i'm hanging out in the city of brotherly love gentlemen i think i'm starting to hear the reindeer's hooves on my roof it's right around the corner guys christmas is right around the corner before we get into the episode i just wanted to ask what's everyone's favorite christmas and or holiday for those listening at home i know all of us celebrate christmas but what is your favorite christmas tradition i don't know i i I'd probably just have to go with I feel like Christmas Eve in itself, such a magical time, especially this year. Um, so many NFL games on. I mean, you go, you wake up, you got it, you're all excited and stuff for Christmas, obviously. But my family goes to church, comes back, has a nice dinner, um, opens some gifts. But I don't know. This year I'm super excited for Christmas Eve with how much football's on. It's really weird Christmas out here in Arizona because I was just golfing in shorts and a t-shirt like three days ago and um, everyone's wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts now, and it's like 55 degrees all day. So I, it really, since I've moved out here, it Christmas time doesn't necessarily feel like Christmas without the snow. Um, but back in the day when I was living in Ohio, I sledding, um, right around Christmas Eve, somewhere close to Christmas used to do a huge family sledding outing or tobogganing if they, uh, if that was open, um, yeah, I love that stuff. Go out there, spend all day riding down the hill. You get nice and sweaty. Come inside, have a little hot, a uh, little cup of hot chocolate, and sit by the fire and watch a movie like that. Whole that sounds so nice right now. So that's probably my favorite. There's nothing like a nice day out doing like winter sports or winter game, and you got like your long johns on and you're sweating through the whole thing, but you're cold oh, yeah. and you're hot at the same time. It's oh yeah, it's a magical time for me personally. Um. I used to hate black and white movies. I really did growing up. Um, but my family kind of, uh, they're a little bit more old school. So we started watching more and more of them. And every year I'm so excited. Usually Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve Eve, as some people would call it, 
me and my family watch A Wonderful Life. And it is, it is just so great to be able to spend time with my family and wrap yourself in the season through that kind of lens and that giving back lens. Certainly. Uh, just want to jump in, Peter. You know, I know you called it Christmas Eve, Eve. Uh, I like to call it Christmas Adam. So for Christmas Adam. Adam before Eve. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Little tidbit. So nice. again, uh, we're going to have one more episode before the Christmas slash holidays uh, for all of you out there. But again, from the podcast over here, everybody at the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, we want to have a warm season's greetings, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Just want to know that we extend that to you. We have a great show for you today. Great, great, great show. Reports from around the realm are coming up. Then we're going to have our league winner segment. We're all going to talk about one player. We love their schedule coming up. And we think that this player, in some leagues, there's still no trade deadline. So you can go and get these guys. Some leagues, they might be on waivers for a redraft in particular. I doubt it for maybe one or two of them. But these are going to be guys that we are locking and guaranteeing, borderline guaranteeing a great fantasy playoff run. If you have this guy, he's got to be a start. And then we're going to hit up, last but not least, Crystal Ball, looking at this week's matchups, who we are fading. Believe me, I pulled. I tried to pull Saquon out of my lineup last week. I couldn't because of no running back depth, but I really wish I had some. And uh, he burned me in one of my leagues, so I didn't make the playoffs in it. So I wish I could have listened to my own advice, but... Alas, I couldn't, but we have Crystal Ball wrapping it up. Before we get into the episode, wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. For all those that don't know, Underdog is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Underdog lets you draft a season-long best ball team after the 14-week regular season. The top two or three teams, or sometimes even one team, gets a golden ticket to move to the playoffs where you can earn lots and lots of money. Um, it compounds every week, every week that you're able to keep advancing. I got one golden ticket. I'm really excited. Uh, that league, the grand prize is a hundred grand. So that would be a lot of fun. I feel like I have a good squad in it. You never know. You got to be in it to win it. Underdog fantasy. They have best ball. They have pick them. They have over under, they have a million different things over there. So check them out. Tell them that we sent you by using promo code monarchy, M-O-N. A-R-C-H-Y, get a $100 deposit match in bonus cash max. Peter, if you would win the $100,000, yes. What, what would you do with it? I think it's a fun question. Assuming I only get about half with taxes, Correct. I'd pay off my student loans. That's I'd cool. have a nice chunk left, offer some to my parents, which they would vehemently deny, I'm sure. And then I'd put some into the podcast, put some into other ventures and uh, programs that my friends are putting on. There you go. A man of many people. Love it, Peter. All right. Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy on your phone, mobile app. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. Again, best ball. While it is season long, they have daily fantasy. A million different ways to play, a million different sports as well. So go on and check them out there. Let's get into reports. All right, first one off the list, want to give condolences to Jace and all Arizonans out there, all natives to the desert. Kyler Murray has suffered a torn ACL, will likely hold him out of all of the summer, all of training camp, and bleed into next season. Jace, you lock down Steve Kime for, I believe, another five years. 
mm-hmm. you lock down Cliff Kingsbury, I believe, for another four or five years. Yep. You lock down Kyler Murray for another, I believe it's five years on his deal, five or six. I could be wrong if you'd correct me. But this core doesn't seem like it's getting right. It's trending in the wrong direction. And then the nuke blew up on Monday Night Football with his knee, non-contact injury, torn ACL. Where do the Arizona Cardinals move from here? And what are you doing as it turns to a dynasty fantasy football lens? I think from a dynasty standpoint, everyone's value is relatively similar for me. I mean, D-Hop, he's getting up there in age, so he's a he's a receding asset in my eyes. But even if it's going to be Colt McCoy, he can run the offense and he can help sustain guys. So I think long-term, there's going to be a short hit to probably Hollywood's value, maybe even D-Hop himself just from a performance standpoint because it is Colt McCoy over Kyler. But in the offense is just inherently going to be worse. But I think they'll still be they'll be fine and they'll be usable next season. And Kyler, it's an ACL. We see it all the time. He'll be back when it's time to be back. Um, I think if I'm the Cardinals, though, I think it is time to start stripping this thing down and rebuilding. I mean, I would honestly, I would let Cliff go as well. I know that he's got some money for the future, but I think this is a perfect time to strip it. And then while Kyler's kind of rehabbing, um, that ACL, he can spend a lot of time learning a new offensive system from a pencil and pad standpoint. And that's one of the biggest things that I guess he struggled with since becoming a pro. So I think this is, you know, I think it's bittersweet, but I think it's a really good time to kind of hit the reset button. And, you know, they got a good young core with Hollywood and Kyler and uh, Trey McBride and some of their defensive pieces. And I think you can build around those guys, but you can, I would trade, you know, if I could trade D-Hop and these Zach Ertz and James Conner and get value back, that, that's what I would be trying to do. I think that uh, this makes Hollywood Brown probably droppable in all dynasty formats. <laughs> he's, uh, he's terrible as it is. Uh, what do you think of his, uh, his diving drop? He's a clown. I needed him any time, touchdown, and he's jumping for balls that he could have just ran under, but he didn't do cardio the day before or something. And- <laughs> slowed down i don't know the man he's not good at football he's really not um he is not good at football somebody clipped that he's not he's not good at football like and i saw i was looking at kyler's stats yes jalen hurts is a better quarterback than kyler i would say but kyler is just like jalen like he's only thrown for over 300 twice like he doesn't put up really the yards in the air he really i'd say averages probably 220 yards a game I mean, he has a couple of 175, 91, 193, 207, 222, 204. Like, his average is around 220. So, honestly, I feel like Colt McCoy can put up the same amount of yards. So, it's about getting the ball to him on target, but I don't really see much of a drop-off from Kyler to Colt McCoy. I mean, I think maybe – Okay, Kyler definitely took a step back as it pertains to arm talent this season, but in years past, he's definitely shown flashes out of the mobility guys having the best arm out of those guys. I think the guys take a small hit just because, and I think Colt McCoy is like one of the best backups, if not the best backup. Like when he steps in, and this is for fantasy as well. I mean, he steps in and he can still sustain guys. We've seen that multiple times. Like the run game doesn't get straight up destroyed because they're not scoring points. And James Conner, like, we've seen him run the offense, but it's still like Kyler brings another dimension with his legs, even though he hasn't been using them. It's still a threat. He can do things athletically that Colt McCoy definitely can, as it pertains to, you know, moving in and out of the pocket and escaping pressure and extending plays. So I think just by the nature, they'll probably score less points. And I think they're going to slow the offense down if it's Colt 
because they run it. Their offense is so fast with Kyler, which makes sense because he's a fast guy. So just by the nature of them scoring less points as an offense as a whole, they'll take a hit. But I still think baseline numbers, they're going to be usable. This just in from Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet on Twitter. Sources, hashtag Arizona Cardinals GM Steve Keim is taking an indefinite health-related leave of absence from the team. Mm. Breaking news that has just come to my attention while we're on the Kyler Murray situation does not seem good for Mr. Keim. Hope his health is okay. Hope, you know, if it's health related, actually health related, which it's, you know, not our business to speculate. Hope he's doing all right. But, you know, the timing of it is a little bit strange that he's going to take a leave of absence right after Kyler goes down and people, st- the rumor mill has started. Do they rebuild it? Do they strip this thing down? It is kind of fishy. So hope he's doing well if it's a health thing for sure. I've said all that I need to say about Kyler Murray over the past, you know, 69 episodes nice before this one um not a big fan of kyler do think he has talent for fantasy but again i'm not buying in for a running quarterback after an acl injury who's undersized um get out in like six months i think that's my time frame right as he's coming back from injury i think that's your best time to sell all right let's move on zach wilson is to be the quarterback two for the new york jets this week he's finally suiting up our, our boy is growing up. He's graduating from healthy scratch to quarterback two for the Jets. I'm going to hold myself out of this. Is there a scenario outside of Mike White getting hurt that you think Zach Wilson is the starter at any point, either this season or next season? Yeah, I mean, I think for next season, I think the Jets just, we kind of were hinting at it before the pod, like just the four of us here, but we were talking about how they just could have drafted literally anyone else in the top 14. And it would have been basically a pro bowler. I think they invested obviously heavy capital in him. So I do think he could start um, whether it is, whether they bring in like a Jimmy G or if they bring in a different quarterback, I think they'll at least give him a chance to start. So I think there's a possibility. Yes. You think you believe Salah when he said that the plan is to get Zach Wilson back on the field. I do. Okay. I honestly, I kind of felt like that was like coach speak. It's like the thing you have to say, given the current circumstances. And I think honestly, from seeing some stuff on Jets Twitter, however, that popped onto my timeline, like Mike White seems like the dude. It's like he's CJ Uzama's constantly around the guy and like he's a big uh, locker room leader. Like I don't know. He just it feels like it's Mike White's show and Zach Wilson's just like half a step out the door. So and I think especially right now with the Jets in the playoff hunt, very much in a huge game against Detroit coming this week. Massive. If Mike White, especially after last week, sticking in the pocket, taking all those hits, coming back onto the field with freaking, I mean, the dude was just getting absolutely destroyed and kept plotting out there. So if he leads them to the playoffs and wins these games after last week and what he's done in the past, I think it's his it's his show. And it's like, you got this guy so freaking cheap. It's, you know, uh, just ride it. Why not? I mean, they just need a game manager, and that is very much what he is. All right. With that being said, let's keep moving forward. Uh, I do think actually really quick, two second note, Zach Wilson, obviously basically all time low right now for his fantasy value uh, in super flex leagues. Worth a shot, worth a shot in the dark. If you can find it from the right manager. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Damian Pierce has suffered a high ankle sprain listed as doubtful this week. Uh, Somebody, I feel like Damian Pierce has found a way to be mentioned on this podcast almost every single episode. 
Um, I think he's a very polarizing figure in the dynasty like space right now. A lot of people that invested in him did not invest a lot in him. I feel like a lot of people didn't trade for him given his going price. And a lot of people didn't sell him because of how well he produced. So I feel like a lot of people that drafted him still own him in these leagues. If you're an owner that, let's say, got him for that second round pick that he was, you know, mid second to late second, are you starting to see that he's a fourth round pick? The Texans can, you know, strip it down, run a million different ways, and that his future isn't secure in Houston and I feel like it's it's Houston or nowhere for him. He's not going to get a starting role and become an animal anywhere else, just like a lot of these running backs don't change teams and be good. Look at Philip Lindsay. So, like, what what is your path to ownership of Damian Pierce at this point if you drafted him? I, I feel like that's a roundabout way of what I just said. Sure. I think it's super easy. Um, what I would do, everyone, I guess, is different. I mean, trade deadline is going to open up for most leagues in three to four weeks. Right when trade deadline opens up, you'll know where the picks are. So if you have pick 111 and someone has like an earlier first, I would be like, hey, Damian Pearson 111 for trying to move up in the draft. I think whether it's moving up from like a late second to an early second or a late first to a mid first, whatever it is. I what's think that sweet spot for you? What would I move up for him? Like, I, Yeah, like, like what's the lowest you'd move up? Like 111 and Damian Pierce for 109? Probably 108. 108? Yeah. JB gives me like Elijah Mitchell vibes where like he's was the only show in town. He was good there for a while. And it's like someone bigger and better is going to come in and, and steal his work. I mean, it's like Michael Carter with Brees Hall, like someone like that is going to come in and steal work. He's not a crazy three down back that can catch a ton of passes. He's, he's more of an in between the tackles guy. And he's just a step above a Jag for me. And at the end of the day, it's Houston. So you know, coming into things, I was never expecting very much out of him on that team. Sure, guys can get hot and have their moments, but we've seen he's fizzled out. And I think the Houston Texans aren't going to build from the running back position out. They need to figure out a quarterback. They need to get, you know, Nico Collins has been all right, but he's not the answer. Brandon Cooks, he's going to be off that team. So I, I think this team is still very much trying to figure out who they are. And I don't think Damian Pierce really holds too much water in that decision. Yeah, Damian Pierce for me is very, very interesting. He's not a player that I own in any leagues. He's not a player I'm willing to purchase in any leagues. He's more like a case study for me. This is like the lab rat. I'm watching, I'm observing how a lot of owners are using him. And I feel like that's how you can look at players in the future. Try to use every single opportunity to learn something. So when I look at Damian Pierce, I say, okay, Fourth round pick came in, got a lot of camp hype first round, basically like was going for a first right before the season. Injuries, bad team, O-line issues. He's basically going for a second or even later, even though he already popped at points this year and was like, you know, the quote unquote second coming. So I think this is a good way to learn in your drafts in the in like the next couple of years when that guy kind of on your team breaks out for that first round pick that isn't supposed to be good. Just sell them just instantly sell them for that first round pick. It, it is so, so, so important to get first round talent. First round talent, I believe is at a, was it like historically it's like at a 30% bus rate. And like a lot of those are back ends. I think that's what it is. It's like 30 or 35% bus rate. A lot of those are back end first. So if you can find a first, even like two years out first round pick, 
where you're oh, really yeah. not 100% sure where it is, but they're more willing to do that, hammer it. 100%. All right. Baker Mayfield set to start the rest of the season for the Rams. I'm going to defer this. I want Super Producer. I want Max and I want JB, all Cleveland Brownies fans. At one point or another, I want to hear your Baker Mayfield cathartic take. I want all the emotions to come out of you here. I'll start and then I'll pass it over to Nixie. Honestly, I'm happy for him. I think that he's had two bad breaks with the Browns, the Panthers, not many options there, bad coaching staff around him, bad system, whatever it is. Um, I really think this will get him paid. I don't know if he'll have a starting job in the NFL, but to see him that fired up and to see that passion from a guy that in college and back in the day was so electric, I honestly enjoyed and it made for a good game. So he's going to start for the Jets. He, he, he could, uh, but Jace just got his Baker jersey on, so I'm going to pass it over to him. I mean, what a drive. Did you guys see that? <laughs> the best quarterback in the world. Um, man, I, that was one of the beautiful, most beautiful things I've ever seen. Baker Mayfield barely knowing the playbook, coming back and just smacking the Raiders in the mouth. Like, I mean. Typical oh. Raiders. So Raiders. So like, Raiders. I, I, I can admit, so Jets, they suck. That was such a Raiders like loss. It's insane. They freaking down there gritty and on the on the punt, thinking they oh. got it sealed. And it's like Matt Collins, the the snake whisperer, the snake charmer. Screwed our parlay too, didn't he? He did. Screw him. Anyways, I mean Baker Mayfield. I think fantasy wise, his values nothing. I think maybe maybe there's something there in super deep leagues with uh, Ben Skoranek because he had a pretty nice game. So maybe in like sixteen teamers. You might have found something there for the rest of the season, but long-term, Baker's nobody's answer. I do think as it pertains to backup quarterbacks, especially for like younger guys that need some seasoning and some pushing, I think Baker's the perfect guy for any organization because you know Baker's coming for the starting job. He's been an underdog his entire life. He's going to compete his ass off in practice and try to steal your job. I, I think a team like Arizona with Kyler who needs a little you know, kick in the keister, like He'd be a great backup there. I think, um, I, I don't know with the jets. I think Zach Wilson could have used him kind of chirping at him and stuff. So I think he will have jobs throughout his career, but fantasy wise, I, I think the best of Baker's well behind him. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> I totally agree, dude. I feel like that was one of the better game winning drives. I feel like I've ever seen. He did get a huge pass interference down the field. I think Tutu Atwell drew the flag on that which helped them. I mean, but still no timeouts, like 98 yard drive or something, dude, it was electric. I, you know, I found myself rooting for him. Like I wanted to see it happen. Oh yeah. And like, like Max said, I totally agree. I feel like he's going to get paid. There's a couple of juicy matchups in week 17 and 18. He plays the chargers and then the Seahawks. He plays green Bay and Denver before that. So, I mean, those are kind of two hard matchups, but all he needs to do, if he puts, two more games together that are halfway decent. Like you said, Jay, some team is going to take him on as a backup. Who knows? Even a starter, like something maybe like Atlanta or something like that. Maybe they don't want to take a quarterback in this draft or something. And they just throw Mayfield in there or I don't really know. That'd be fun. Right. Like some team like that, that's really not super set. I, I don't know, man. It's just exciting. I do like Baker. I'm I would consider myself a Baker bro, even though he's had his his woes in Cleveland, but it is what one, it is. 
One one thing too is my favorite part of that whole drive is after one of the big plays, I forget exactly which one it was, but Baker's running up to the line and he's just giving the run it back signal. You know, he, he, they had same no, play. they had, he had no two minute offense. They were like, we are running the same exact play. So we all know where we're going to be. It was just, it's so comical that the Raiders were so much just on their heels in that drive. It should have been a pick one of the first couple of throws or a big sack and it should have been the game, but the Raiders they're going to raid. One of the uh, one of the card shows I go to, there's an old guy and he's a huge Raiders fan. And I just him. could not stop thinking about him. That Hope he's doing okay. Drive. He will complain about the Raiders. Like he complained <laughs> about them back in August before the season even started talking about how they were bad. That's all I was thinking about was that man. I hope he didn't have a heart attack over it because I'm saying I probably would have if that was my Jets. Uh, and to go on a on run to make the playoffs and to lose that game in that way, like just come on, the fire most gimme game ever. There's no Donald, no nobody of impact. Like come on. All right, uh, let's get to the last point of news. Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati Bearcat, now an Atlanta Falcon. He is an alumni with Nick C at the University of Cincinnati, uh, but he's on the Falcons now. He's set to start the rest of the season. Mariota to the bench. Super producer, I'm going to defer to you. And Max up next. I know Max is a big believer. Let's see what he's got. I couldn't stop smiling from ear to ear when I saw that notification pop up across my screen that Ritter is going to start the rest of the season. I really feel like they should have done it three weeks ago. And, you know, that is my bias showing. But at the end of the day, like, everyone knows Mariota was not the guy. I mean, he played subpar the whole season. So it's like you drafted this guy in the third round. You got to just see what he has. So I'm a, I'm super excited. He's the most winning quarterback in college football history. He can be a good game manager. And I feel like his legs are the biggest aspect, especially for fantasy football. This first game, a good prop bet, which I'm definitely going to do, is him for any time touchdown because I feel like he's going to run one in for sure. And I'm just super excited to see how it plays out and uh, see how it affects Drake London. Absolutely, Nixie. I was thinking the same thing. I know we were talking about it in chat. Desmond Ritter on Fliff is plus 330 to run one in. And honestly, I mean, versus the Saints, it's one of those NFC South games we talk about all the time. I think it could be a shootout. Um, but like Nixie said, I think Atlanta, it was time for them to see what they have. Um, if they don't like what they have, then maybe you could draft a quarterback early on. I mean, they don't have many wins right now. If you like what you have, then boom, you're good. You're good to go, and you could beef up the offensive line, build around them. But give them a test, give them a trial. I don't think it should be a fair trial, though. I think that if he doesn't perform up to their expectations, I don't think it's like, oh, like we move on. Like I really think the guy's talented. I really believe in his rushing upside um, and just his grit and hustle and like didn't go to a big five school, went to Cincinnati, um, led them to the playoffs. Like just such a great story. So I'm really excited for him. And uh, I'm not as excited as Nick C, but I, I would honestly, if I have him, I'm queuing him up this week. I really am. It's um, yeah. I, I remember in the off season, I said they, they would probably wait until after the bye week to make the change. Cause that's just when most NFL teams make that change. But even at the time, I don't think I realized how late in the season the change was. Um, I mean, just right in front of the fantasy playoffs, which is kind of wild timing wise. But I think the biggest thing is, 
yeah, I think they're going to give him a good chance because coming out of college, he came out of a very pro styled pro ready offensive scheme. That's got its complexities um, much more different than some of the schemes in, in college football. And um, yeah, the rushing upside's huge. I mean, if you think about Arthur Smith and who he's had at quarterback the past few years, it's Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, you know, pretty good athlete. And they used that a lot. You know, he was always going to get like his six rushing touchdowns. He was always good for about 20, 30 yards, rushing the ball each game. Like Arthur Smith does a really good job bootlegging guys out, designing runs with their quarterback, keeping everyone on their heels. And Mariota at age 29 was still running all over the place, averaging well over eight yards a carry sometimes and has games up to 72 yards rushing. And I think you know, a 23-year-old Desmond Ritter is probably a lot faster and more athletic than a 29-year-old Marcus Mariota. So if he can hit the easy throws in that scheme um, and he can do things with his legs, I think he's got a good chance to stick around. You know, it's, um, yeah, if he's out there in your redraft or, I mean, I think I picked him up from waivers in our dynasty league. If he's not already scooped up, like, why wouldn't you take the shot? Like, if he can improve as a passer, the legs are definitely there for him. I got a sit start for you guys. Um, redrafts. I mean, I'm down six points. It's a two week playoff here. Do I go Desmond Ritter at quarterback or Daniel Dimes? Daniel Danny Dimes on Sunday night. What's the matchups? I know Danny Dimes play. Sorry, Danny Pennies plays the Commanders. Who does that play? And then New Orleans, the Saints. Yeah. Right. Give me Danny Dimes. Yeah, give me Daniel Jones. He just played the Washington uh, Commanders a couple weeks ago and had 12 carries for 71 yards. I mean, that that's def- just a great floor. I, it's such a great floor. And I mean, unless Chase Young comes back, then maybe I'd be like, oh, maybe there's some upside with Ritter. I just but feel otherwise, like they're just going to sit Young the whole year at this point. I mean, I would if I were them. It makes no sense to activate him. But NFL they're teams, some of them, they do weird stuff. No, they're in the they're- playoffs right now. Yeah, they're playing for a spot to get whooped by the two seed, whoever it is, but you never know. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Let's move into our league winners segment. We have three league winners we're presenting to the people today. We're going to knight them on their journey, wish them Godspeed on their playoff journey here. All right. So I'm going to start with one, a guy that I absolutely love for this playoff run. So, Personally, I feel like if you do an 18 week 18 playoff too, he's going to be good the next month. Sometimes you'll be able to find him on your waivers. Sometimes you won't, but he is definitely attainable, especially if you have open trading still in your leagues. Zonovan, Bam, Knight. We've talked about him in weeks past, but this is more about the matchups, why I'm so confident in him. So he's going to be moving against Detroit this week, who is technically a red matchup, but he's been getting fed the rock against green matchups and uh, orange matchups. He's scored 12, 14, and 14. Great, great, great floors for your flexes. Great, incredible floor for your flex. Running back two, that's also a pretty good floor that I would take you know, nine times out of 10 from a running back two on a week. This week against Detroit's a little bit of a harder challenge, but I'm still starting him with 100% confidence. The Jets are going to have to throw, and even though Michael Carter is a pass catching back, he does not have the juice anymore. He also fumbled this past week, did not appear to be a part of the Salah LaFleur system. I think they're going to keep shoving Bam Knight. He had 48% snap percentage, 55, 47. I think that number 
based on all the beat reporters that I'm hearing, goes up into the 60 range, that high 55, 60 range. Book him for a touchdown against Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and Miami. I think he scores in three out of four of those games to wrap up the season, and he's going to carry the Jets to the playoffs. Unbiased take there, 100% unbiased take. Jacksonville's a green matchup. Seattle's a green matchup. Miami's a green matchup. Zonovan, Bam, Knight can be had for next to nothing if your dynasty league still has trades open. If you're pushing for a title and you need that backup running back, he is right there. Yeah, 100%. I, I didn't know his stats were that good. Um, I did see you threw him in the dock there. I went and checked it out. I was, I was impressed for sure. And honestly, the whole Jets team as an organization, I don't like to compliment the Jets very often, but they they have impressed me as a whole. Garrett Wilson, their defense, Bam Knight, Mike White, you name it. They fight. They're gritty. Uh, it's a fun team. So I think Bam Knight's a great pick. Yeah, the one thing I will say about Bam Knight is the Detroit matchup, I feel like is definitely a little deceptive. I mean, their rush defense has really, really turned the corner recently. Aiden Hutchinson is a freaking beast. I mean, he is really coming to his own um, the back half of this season. So that's the only pause. But even if that has been a tough matchup recently, I believe in Bob Sala. I believe in that, you know, 49ers-esque run scheme that is going to pretty much succeed against most defenses in a, in a must win game. I think establishing the run and getting bam going is going to be huge for them, especially to kind of, you know, lessen the load on Mike white. So he's not sitting back in that pocket so often and you can avoid getting a shot from Aiden Hutchinson under the chin. That's, that's something they definitely want to avoid this week. Michael Carter fumbled on a crucial drive for the jets inside the red zone. So I think he's going to have, like Salah's the kind of guy, as we've seen with Zach Wilson, he's going to punish guys for not doing the right thing. He, he's not a 100% trust guy. He's an earned trust guy. So I, I really do think that Bam's going to get the lion's share of the workload this year. Sorry, I, this week. I agree. And then for the rest of the playoffs, I'm 100% knighting him, 100% confidence in every single game moving forward the rest of the year. I do have a question. So what would you pay for him if you're a contender going into the playoffs and you have open trading? Um, you have to realize that he's probably, probably going to be virtually worthless come next year. So would I want to trade an early second? No. Would I want to trade a mid second? That's kind of my line where if I'm in to get a guy that I can plug and play at my flex or to secure my running back room, if I'm really like, you know, it's me and another guy for the chip, and that second round pick really isn't going to do me much in the future. I mid second, but if it's almost a guarantee to be an early second, I'm hundred percent out. No future first by any means possible. If you can grab him for a couple thirds, I think that would be ideal. But my, my break point would be like two Oh five. I don't even think I'd pay a second. I think it's just kind of throwing a second away. Um, like you said, Peter, the guy's basically irrelevant in three weeks. If you pay a second and he doesn't perform and you get out, I mean, that's really just throwing a second away. So, hey, man, you got to let the chips fall where they may. You have to be prepared. I uh, actually recently watched a great movie for anybody uh, at home. It's called Prisoners. I I am nine years late to the party, but it's on Netflix, uh, and it is incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible movie. Not a family movie night by any means. No. No. But uh, basically, one of the characters always echoes – prepare pray for the best prepare for the worst so i'm gonna pray that i don't need him 
I'm going to pray that all my running backs get through all the playoffs and are fine. But would I rather blow that second and take the, take the risk? Sure. I'd rather do that than not blow the second and all my running backs ACLs are just broken and I'm trying to pick guys up off waivers. Yeah, I, I would scoop. I mean, if you're good on running back depth and you think uh, it might be close, if I'm going to start or sit him, maybe you just don't pay because you know, you got someone that you feel similar about, but I think if you're looking for a running back 205 is definitely something I would pay. That's definitely pretty expensive for a guy that might be worth nothing, but flags fly forever. And if you can get a championship out of him, um, you know, uh, he's not Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously, because he's not a wide receiver, but these dudes, guys with less draft capital than Amon Ra have gotten hot down the stretch and made the difference for fantasy football players forever. And, you know, to the casual redrafter, these, they definitely remember guys like this every single year. Us dynasty guys, we have a different angle on it and we understand long-term value. But I think if you're going to go get a championship, I'll definitely pay 205, even in this 23 class with all these running backs, but I would prefer to give up. I'd be offering up 209, 208. I would try to go back into the second if I could. Let's move it along to Max. Sounds like a plan. So I'm also like, we could, obviously we could go with guys like Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, whoever it is, Christian McCaffrey. These are guys that yes, we think are going to pop, but guys like Amon Ra last year, who, I mean, just literally came onto the scene, exploded one people leagues, yada, 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 left and right. So love Peter's pick. I'm also going with a running back. Um, I'm going with Isaiah Pacheco. When you look at it and everyone's like, Oh, Jared McKinnon had 31 last week and he, really balled out and stuff like that. Yes, Jared McKinnon did great. Um, Jared McKinnon also had like two catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Do I think Jared McKinnon will still be involved in the offense? A hundred percent. But Pacheco, like when I look at it, want to look at his schedule. He plays Houston this week, which is the worst run defense there is. Seattle the following week um, and then Denver. So versus Denver just last week, he still had 13 carries for 70 yards his yards per carry is really what stands out to me along with the schedule. Um, 5.3, uh, 3.1, 4.7, 5.3. The yards per carry, the schedule, and just the fact the Chiefs are going to be beating Houston and Denver by a decent amount of points and running the ball, it really intrigues me. And I think he's one of those guys that people probably have for sure in Dynasty, but I think you could start him and it could be a big move and really set you aside from the others. I 100% agree about Pacheco. I think he's he's a super interesting guy, and I think he's going to be the Damian Pierce of next season. I think he's probably going to be their top dog next year because he's done literally everything they've asked him to do. Um, and this, I mean, even the Denver matchup, it looks a little scary on paper because they don't allow a whole lot of points, but these two teams just played each other. He just succeeded against them, averaging 5.3 yards per carry, saw three targets like – this this playoff sketch is magic, and Max, you really highlighted the fact that yeah, Chiefs are going to be ahead, and definitely, most likely, two out of three games, if not all three games. So, um, yeah, fire Pacheco up. I, I I think it's going to be fun for him. Now, Max, give me just being the skeptic that I am. I want you to to fight for your guy a little bit. I love giving you a hard time. Why Pacheco over Jarek McKinnon? He's got that burst. He's got the younger legs. And I just think Jared McKinnon's more of the PPR third down back. I mean, when you, I watch the Chiefs games, whether it's for Kelsey or for McKinnon, McKinnon's in on those third downs. Yeah, if they get the third, the first down on the third down, McKinnon will stay in for a handoff or two. 
But Pacheco's that guy and his burst and his like speed and just talent, it really stands out. And I think this guy, this kid um, will be very successful in the NFL. Now, Max, what would we pay for him as a contender? I mean, I think he's a guy, if we're paying 205 for Bam Knight, who will probably be irrelevant next year, I think Pacheco, I mean, who knows what could happen if Gibbs or Saquon, whoever goes to the Chiefs. But if things stay the same, I mean, I would feel fine paying an early second, like 201 to 203. I don't think I'm in the first round territory yet for him, but I do think he ventures to be a early second round pick. Okay. Early second. Now, Max, can I, I just want your permission here. Can I clip what you've been talking about with Isaiah Pacheco? And then can I post a video clipping what you said about him probably about, what was it, like the combine? What was that, like eight months ago? When you were just dragging him and saying all these nasty things about Rutgers, even though I was saying this guy's good and I've watched him on tape a lot. Yeah, am I allowed to do that or no? Do we want to hide that forever? No, you know, we all we all have mistakes, Peter. So I'll let you have your fun with that one. Hey, you can expose me too. I'm pretty much I was in the he was he's gonna be a relevant camp. I mean, Clyde too, especially at the beginning of the year when Clyde was like, Hey, look, he's scoring touchdowns and doing what they ask him to do. And then, you know, I think Pacheco's really, really emerged. And for a guy that's only five ten, I mean, he runs like he's freaking Derrick Henry. Like, oh my God, he, he angry runs, runs, angry runs. I saw a meme I'm going to share with you guys in a second off camera, but oh my God, he he is fun to watch. All right, Chase, let's hear your league winner. Who are you knighting? Who are you christening as a champion? Who's your champion for the next three weeks? Man, I have had so much trouble making this decision. So I have two guys. There's a guy that is on someone's roster there's no way you got him from waivers and then there's a guy that you might be able to scoop up on waivers um so i'll talk briefly about both the first one is someone who might be out on your waivers who is i believe on our waivers in our 14 man redraft league now let me make sure i get this name right it's chigosium okonkwo he is the tight end uh rookie tight end for the tennessee titans and he has been straight up balling out the past two weeks without Traylon burks um, in that passing game it, right now without Traylon Burks, he's essentially the number one point getter in their offense as it pertains to receivers. Um, the past two weeks, he went, let's see, week 13, five targets, four catches, 68 yards on 58% of the snaps. That was tight end nine. And then last week against Jacksonville, he was the tight end two, six targets, six catches, 45 yards and a touchdown. Traylon Burks has not reported the to practice he has not cleared the concussion protocol if he's going to be out for the playoff stretch um i think they call him chig i think that's like his his name chig's got the chargers houston and then dallas in week 17 the chargers in houston those are really solid matchups for tight ends the chargers are the 11th uh, best matchup for tight ends houston i believe Ranks closer to the bottom, and if Stingley's out, that Houston secondary definitely uh, suffers, so check in on how he's going to be, but I mean, it's Houston in general um, and the Tennessee Titans, so I think he's really emerging right now, and I think he's worth scooping up, and honestly, this week, if Traylon's out, I'm definitely throwing him into uh, my starting lineup um, out there in the gross little tight end landscape, but the other guy that's probably on your roster, um, you probably didn't play him last week. I, I don't think many people did, but it's Jerry Judy. I mean, three touchdowns last week definitely showed out was cooking the chiefs left and right 
nine targets, eight catches, 73 yards, three touchdowns. Corlin Sutton still looking doubtful to play this week. Uh, they got the Arizona Cardinals. The The LA Rams is banged up and with as few guys they have on the defensive side of things, that's not a scary matchup. And then he gets the same Kansas City Chiefs in your fantasy championship. I doubt he puts up another three touchdowns, but he just showed he can do it. Now, Brett Rippon is going to be the quarterback with Russell Wilson most likely out. That definitely gives me some pause. But when you think of the fact that Russell Wilson was literally one of the worst quarterbacks in the league this year, I think he had the fifth worst quarterback rating this season. I mean, it might be a little Zach Wilson, Mike White action, like anybody but Russell Wilson could be better for Jerry Judy. If he's going to be the top dog, he's going to be inside, outside. He's going to be all over the field and he's going to catch a lot of targets. So uh, Jerry Judy's my guy. I'm I'm ready to put him in lineups. You, listen, Jace, this is like the millionth time that you have said Jerry Judy's your guy. I just want you to know that if it doesn't work out this time, it might be time to move on. I, I, I'll never quit the man. I will never, ever quit the man. <laughs> He's your Elijah. He is. Actually, the other guy I had typed in here was Elijah Moore. I will say that, but. Mike White could, loves throwing him the rock. Florida boys stay together. No doubt. Two things. One, I did see a fun fact that Russell Wilson has more toilets in his house than he does touchdown passes. And I thought that was really fun. So kind of sad at the same time. But. Do with that information what you will. That's right. <laughs> But my second thing is more of a sit start along with your guy that you just knighted there, Jace, um, Chig, whatever you want to call him, the tight end from Tennessee. Do I start him or Mark Andrews full point PPR? We know how bad Andrews has been. He has been stinking it up. Andrews plays Saturday versus Cleveland. I mean, I don't know. So Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is going to be on him, right, Max? I think JOK's out. That's my bad. I need to be more researched on the Browns linebacker crew. But who is going to guard Andrews? That's Grant a good Delpit? Question. Delpit? But who's yeah. going to throw to Andrews, Peter? Dude, I don't care. Huntley balled with him last year. Not this past game. Yeah, one game, bro. I don't know. So you guys would rock Andrews? I'm starting Andrews. If Andrews had a game that he's capable of and then Chick gives you 11 points, like you were that, that's going to give you PTSD fantasy football wise. Like you got, I'm very much in the camp. Start your studs, matchups for most guys that I've drafted and relied on all season. It it really kind of goes out the window. I've, I've told this story on this podcast before I got caught up in the matchups a couple years ago and I benched Cooper cup and Julian Edelman for Brashad Perriman and Will Fuller. And guess what? That lost me a championship. Start your studs. The horrors. Yeah. I got too cute. All right. So let's run into crystal ball, send people on their merry way and wish them a very happy fantasy playoffs at the end of this. Let's go. All right. Well, I'll kick us off with uh, my boom of the week. And I got George Kittle. The Seattle Seahawks are horrible against the tight end position. So that's where I'll start things off. The Seahawks are allowing the second most fancy points per game to opposing tight ends this season. And then I also want to throw in the fact that there's no Debo Samuel this week. He's most likely done for the year. They're maybe hoping he can come in for like a the, the playoff stretch or tail end of the regular season. But um, not this week against the Seahawks. And I think that's huge because Debo is one of the guys in the offense 
where Shanahan likes to kind of scheme him open and scheme him his targets. And I think if he's going to be out, I think Kittle is going to have to kind of step up and make up for that. Um, you know, Debo's a big yak guy. They're going to miss that. And you know, who else has that is George Kittle. So I think, I, I think he's really going to be a focal point of this offense. Um, especially given the fact that Christian McCaffrey is a little bit banged up coming into a short week. I think they're going to make, I think they're going to make it a, a real thing to get George Kittle the ball. And I think it makes sense too, because Brock Purdy had a great game last week with spreading the ball around the place, but without Debo, you know, Brandon, Ayuk wasn't the Brandon Ayuk we've seen all season with Brock Purdy. I think George Kittle is going to be a really nice option for Brock Purdy. Uh, who's super inexperienced and needs a big body to throw it to. If I I'm really thinking George Kittle is going to give us one of those six or seven catches for 140 something yards and maybe two touchdowns. So if you were considering Chig or, uh, you know, Greg Dulcich or Gerald Everett or one of these tight ends that have been all right this season, don't even hesitate. Get George Kittle in the lineup. The logic's there. No Debo rookie quarterback check downs. It's in Seattle. Like, Everyone's like, oh, this game could be low scoring, San Fran's defense and stuff like that. Seattle can hang, man. They can they can score points if they get going. So if it becomes a shootout and stuff like that, I can see Kittle, just like you said, Jay, six catches, 100 yards, one of those right down the middle, 40 yarders, break a tackle and carry the ball like this into the end zone. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I can see it now. Thursday night, George Kittle. I'm all over it, JB. Love it. All right, let's keep moving. You go, Max. I'm going kind of bold here. I'm going Donovan Peoples-Jones. The man had 12 targets last week, caught eight of them, gets Baltimore this weekend on a Saturday, Saturday around 4.30. But right now his catches are at three and a half. I think he slams that over. Um, Watson was looking his way early and often. He had a chance in the end zone if Jacobo didn't overthrow him last week. I also got a report on Sleeper that the Browns are going to look to throw deep more this week. I don't know the validity of it, but – I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is that guy. I can really see Cooper and Peoples-Jones getting going, but I like Donovan Peoples-Jones at the value that he's at. Just the targets that he got, Watson improving week after week, deep ball shot, and it's a very juicy matchup. Yeah, I really like the pick, and I the whole thing about them having a more downfield attack makes a ton of sense because Baltimore is most susceptible to the pass. I mean, still a pretty good secondary, but ever since they added Roquan Smith, I think they're averaging like they're letting up two point something yards per carry. Like it's pretty insane what a difference he's made. And I think, yeah, the, the Ravens, they're going to want to shut down Nick Chubb because he, although they have Deshaun Watson is still the thing that makes that offense go. If Nick Chubb is cooking, everything else is wide open because you got to stack the box and get literally every man you possibly can to try to get him down to the ground. So yeah, I I think they're going to, I think there's going to be targets all over the place. And honestly, because of that, if David Bell has his best game of the year, if he's healthy coming this week, I mean, I really do think there's going to be a lot of passes uh, thrown in this game trying to avoid Roquan Smith and those guys. So I'm all over it. And guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, are, I love them as a wide receiver three in that flex spot. I mean, that guy can catch one pass and still make your fantasy week. He's one of those downfield targets. And I absolutely love those guys when the stakes are the highest because they will straight up win you their your week if they hit. I will say, I know we're all over these bets tonight. What do you guys think Donovan Peoples Jones's yards are at? Uh, fifty eight and a half. Go uh, even, 40, yeah. I would say in the 50s. So, okay. I mean, you could pair that with the Donovan Peoples 
you could go crazy. You could go that. Um, his three and a half catches and a touchdown for Donovan Peoples Jones. Put that in a parlay. I uh, can't do receiving yards and catches. So let's just do be safe. Let's just go receiving yards and a tud. Plus 360. You throw five on it, you win 18. It's pretty good money. Kyle Hamilton is healthy. So I would advise caution if Kyle Hamilton is healthy. I know he hasn't had the best rookie season. Uh, not that he has had a bad one. Just, you know, he's not at that next level like Sauce. I know he plays safety a different position, but he's not like at the Sauce or at the Tariq Woolen or any of these elite young cornerbacks, like rookie corners. But it presents a healthy part of that secondary. So that's all I'm going to say. So AFC North hard game in the AFC North, you know, black and blue division as they like to call it. Oh yeah. Don't expect a lot of points in this game, but I do expect one or two big plays. If I had to bet on a player to make a big play, it would be people's Jones. Mm -hmm. So I I do like him as a boom. Nick C thrown in the chat. That is supposed to be cold and windy, which is definitely not good. That is worse than snow and precipitation. If it's the wind or the cold, that is usually really, really bad. Um, Max, go ahead. But Super Producer will be at the game, so oh. that cancels that out. Nick brings good vibes and light. Also, if you're in Cleveland listening to this, Browns tickets I saw were going for $7. <laughs> it's crazy. How, you can't even give them away right now. I so, can't sell my tickets to the Lions game. Well, <laughs> you're probably listening too high. I got them at like $80, which is like wow. way below. Wow. what it's going for i just i just can't sell them right now i don't know wow. why people don't want to go sit in the snow at metlife and watch the lions play the jets who would have thought man i got a question for you guys real quick in this matchup unless we still got more dpj stuff no okay jk dobbins this past week rb9 15 carries 120 yards and a touchdown i'm sure we Yuck. all saw the the big breakaway run where his uh, he was looked like he was running with one and a half legs i mean the man is that was so bad he said he's out of shape it's like dude just admit that the knee's not back all the way like you're you know no one's gonna get mad at you but he's got cleveland atlanta and then pittsburgh in week 17 where is our trust at with jk dobbins down the stretch if someone is you know, they're in the playoffs right now. They're activate, you know, feeling, do I throw them in there? Do I throw them in there? What do we one think? to 10, one to 10, 10 is like Derrick Henry, you know, CMC kind of level of a player where it's just consistent year over year value when he plays. That's a 10 and a one is like, you know, some backup. Four. Okay. No comp. Max, where are you at on that scale? Four to five. I'll go 4.5. All right, I'll JB. give you guys some some I you know, I'm probably around that five. It depends on how thin you are at running back. I would say some five, closer to five, just somewhere in the middle. And then it depends on context. Isaiah Pacheco or J.K. Dobbins. Pacheco. Pacheco. I'm going to rock with Pacheco as well. How about Bam Knight? Bam, bam, bam for the whole stretch. Like for the playoffs? Just for this week. For this week, um, yeah, I go, I'll go with Bam. Still Bam. All right, let me see if I can uh, think of some more. How about Miles Sanders? Someone as someone who owns him, he's been they doing well Bears. this season. Yeah, but he's. I, it's just been a strange experience with him. Give me Sanders. 
but Kenny Gain also scored two touchdowns. No, <laughs> I, I'll take I'll take J.K. Dobbins. Oh, okay. Then how about Ezekiel Elliott at Jacksonville? That's such a nasty game. <laughs> that, is that is so gross. Um, Damn. I don't know. That's like a Noah Brown two touchdown game. <laughs> like nobody relevant is scoring in that game. I'll take Zeke. Ah. Uh, that's uh, I'm gonna take Zeke, but it it makes me feel well, sick to my stomach. All right, last one. No Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert at Buffalo or J.K. Dobbins. Raheem yes. Mostert at Buffalo. Yeah. They're gonna run the, the shit out of the ball up there. It's gonna be have lake effect snow, and it's gonna be like 30 degrees. They're gonna run the ball. All right. Let's see if I can think of. All right. How about one of the one of the Patriots guys at Las Vegas, you know, whether it's Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris, one of those guys, or J.K. Dobbins? One of the Patriots guys. They look good, man. They did. Probably Harris. Okay. I think I would... No, not Harris, sorry. Probably um, Dobbins. Dobbins, my bad. I think the matchup is so juicy, but I think that would be... I think I just have to go with Dobbins and hope... He scoots into the end zone for one. But, exactly. But I mean, all right, that's there's a good gauge right there. So we're definitely pretty low on him looking for other options if we can. All right. You guys ready for my boom? It's really spicy. I don't know if people are looking at the show doc. I'm not. I'm ready to be fully surprised. Super producers laughing his uh, behind off. I'm going to ha- say a name that you haven't heard since the NFL draft. Hassan Haskins is my boom of the week. Wow. So everybody knows I like to sprinkle Dontrell Hilliard in here now and again when I think Hilliard's going to have a big game either in the the pass-catching game, but he is inactive this week. He's already been ruled out. So this week, Hassan Haskins is going to be the number two for the Tennessee Titans. With that being said, Henry does not play 100% of the snaps anymore. It's just not in his cards. They're playing the Chargers at L.A., I know for a fact this is an extremely, extremely green matchup against the Chargers. Their run defense stinks, but not only does their run defense stink, their screen game is not the best. Khalil Mack is an outside linebacker. They use outside linebackers as edge players, so their linebacker unit is naturally thinner. They're probably not going to play shell coverage, uh, two safeties. So that screen game is going to be on fire this week. So, again, shell coverage is usually played against Mahomes played against these big explosive offenses, they're going to stack the box against Tennessee. And when there's no shell cover, single high safety, one offensive tackle gets out there and gets a lead block. Guy's going to run home. I think he's going to provide a good floor in super deep leagues, 16, 14 team leagues. I expect at least eight to 10 points from him. He's a guy who's projected point two. So I really expect a very decent week from Hassan Haskins. I've called you know, SHIT running backs to boom before. I think this one hits. Peter, you're a crazy man. I mean, you've made the Jets defense. You've made Dontrell Hilliard. Like you just said, somehow they all hit. Um, I hope so. I traded for Hassan Haskins. He was an early third round pick. Really has not done jack diddly squat this year. Yes, he's behind Hilliard. Yes, he's behind Henry. He's young, but now's his chance to make a name for himself. So I really hope you're right here, Peter. I uh, I can't say I love the pick because it's a crazy one, but I hope you're right. Yeah, I think if Peter wins you a playoff matchup with Hassan Haskins, I think 
you ought to send him a DM, get a hold of his Venmo or Zelle no. and send him some money, but enough for a, a nice meal somewhere. Cause that would be, I mean, this man, how many rushing attempts does he have this season? Like he, none. Has, he has 10, he had two in, or he had nine rushing attempts in week two average 4.1 yards per carry. And then his other rush attempt came in week nine and he averaged, or I mean, he had got five yards on that carry. So I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm I think, smelling it deep think, leagues. So, and I want to stress this 14 team, 16 team where your running backs are so slim pickings, especially if you have an injury and you're limping into the playoffs, pick him up off waivers, start him. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I think the biggest thing coming out of uh, this whole thing is I'm looking at Derrick Henry in this one. And I think he is going to just absolutely smash this week. I mean, if you have Derrick Henry too. and next week, I mean, then he's got Dallas in the championship, but you know, he played 75% of the snaps, which was, he tied his season high, which he hadn't hit since week seven. And then I think, you know, he was struggling there for a while. And they decided, hey, let's get him the ball however we can. Five targets. Derrick Henry is going to go for 150-plus scrimmage yards. His receiving prop, I'm sure, is pretty low. I usually don't like running back receiving props, but his, I mean, I, I think they're making a big effort to just get him the ball and see what happens. So Henry going to smash. And, yeah, if uh, I think Haskins could be right there to go along with him. You've, you've called, I mean, this might be your craziest. I think but this is I'm, my craziest. You, you've called pretty Mad similar. scientist. I'm not going to doubt it. Um, let's flip it around. My bust of the week is Amon Ross St. Brown against the New York Jets. Need I say more? He's a non-technical route runner. He's, he relies a lot on speed and leverage. Uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, uh, while being very different, they're technically opposite. Sauce is very lanky and long, while DJ Reed is very short and compact. They present a very big, very real threat. Nobody has really threatened the Jets with an elite game outside of Amari Cooper, which was week two. So I'm doing anything in my power to play somebody else besides Amon Ross St. Brown. It's tough to bet against Juicy, bro, especially with how many times they throw the ball in a game where I don't think it's going to be a shootout because the Jets' D is very good, but Detroit can score. So He can maybe PPR himself to a, like, floored finish at, like, I, I think his absolute floor this game is like three points, but I think his ceiling is like literally capped at like 13. I, I really don't see him getting more than 13 points on a cap. I, I really think he finishes under 10. Yeah, it it's tough. I mean, Justin Jefferson, out of all people, I mean, save a touchdown, save for that touchdown. He's, uh, you know, having himself is probably one of his worst games this season. That's Justin Jefferson we're talking about. I will say I'll push back. You said he's not a technical route runner because, I mean, that man is he is sick with his routes. I will push back on that. But he operates out of the slot, too, which I think will help save him in this one, because, you know, I don't know how often sauce is lining up to guard people. And Michael Carter runs out of the slot with a lot of linebacker help. Michael Carter's a nickelback. Right. So. I think in that way, he's going to avoid some of the worst part of this matchup. And that's where I think the PPR value comes into play, like you're saying. But um, yeah, I mean, this is tough. And then you guys said the the weather is going to be snowy and cold as well. So that's wintry just, mix. Yeah. So which is the worst. It's rain it, and snow. 
If it's precipitation, like depending on how bad it is, sometimes I've heard people say that that's better for the offense because they know where they're going and the defense doesn't. So if it's a slippery surface or whatever, it's tougher for defenses to catch up. But definitely, definitely, definitely check in on the weather on this one because I do think if it were just going to be disgusting weather, I think, yeah, maybe moving away from Amon Ra. I mean, it's got to be a pretty good option, though. Like I said, start your studs, and he's probably the reason you're here in the playoffs. So. Um, I mean, Hey, you're spicy this week. You were spicy this week and you know, the jets. So I- I'm with you. I think his, his ceiling definitely is capped a little bit. All right. Let's flip it back around. Let's move to Max. Yes. I'm going with Devonta Smith. Um, Smitty Goddard's back. Goddard's back one, two Jalen hurts. Can't really throw the ball. Oh, well, well, let's table this argument for next week. We yeah, don't have we'll, time for it. we'll leave this, but. Last week, I don't know if you guys watched the game, Jalen or Devonta Smith had like a 40-yard touchdown. I mean, the ball was like, yes, it was right to him. But in the old, I saw a comment, like in the old NFL, that guy would have gotten lit up. It was a hospital pass. The safety, like, didn't even try to hit him, went for the ball, like played it safe or whatever. He's gotten very lucky on touchdown scoring in three out of the past five games. Yes. I just think in Chicago, the Windy City, with a quarterback that can't throw, Dallas Goddard coming back. I see Devonta Smith throwing up one of these games where he's got five catches for 40 yards and no touchdowns. And he's rocking with nine full point PPR points and seven half point PPR points. And that's just not cutting it in the playoffs. So I'd be looking elsewhere guys. I like more than that. I mean, are probably on the waivers. How about I'll give us some guys have Amon Ross St. Brown or Devonta Smith. Amon Ra. No Smitty. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Amon Ra, especially full PPR. Um, uh, how about Devonta Smith or my boy, Jerry Judy? Judy, bro. I mean, probably Judy. Yeah. With Brett Rippon. That With Brett Rippon. Yeah. Uh, how Passing about only so big in Philly? Mike Evans, who's been absolute dog water for, since they're buying week 11, essentially. Mike Evans or Devonta Smith. Mike Ev, he's got to turn it around sometime. He really does. <laughs> he's just too much of a touchdown threat. I give me Mike Evans. All right, last one. Elijah or Devonta Smith. I'll you know him. where my answer is. I'll take Elijah for sure. I go I go Elijah as well. Talk about PPRing yourself to a nice floor. That secondary over there is not the best. No, it's that's the way to attack them for sure. So, and I think I was going to choose him as my guy for the stretch because the schedule is really, really juicy. And I think for Mike White, whose rib cage is literally, I mean, like glued together right now, I think yeah, getting the ball out quick to Elijah is going to be really helpful for their offense. Exactly. All right. Jace, send us on home. Yeah, I'm going with a guy that you you might be thinking you can trust, and it's DJ Chark on the Detroit Lions, I think. We haven't seen a huge amount of Jameson Williams in the offense. He's barely been playing, but it has increased from one week to another. And any week now, it could be he's splitting snaps with Jameson. Um, I just think DJ Chark, he lines up predominantly on the outside. That's where Sauce is. Um, It's running deep routes down the field against the Jets has been unkind to everyone. And DJ Chark the past two weeks has been really awesome. so week, so week 12, he returned from injury or 
well, he played 16% of the snaps in week 11, barely a game, and then 73% of the snaps in uh, week 12 against Buffalo, two catches for 16 yards and a touchdown. I mean, hey, he almost, just with the touchdown, almost got you some points. And then Jacksonville in week 13, 84% of the snaps, six targets, five catches, 98 yards. Uh, I believe he got stopped right down at the one-yard line, too, yeah. in that game. I can't remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, almost had a humongous day, and then he just had a huge day against Minnesota, 86% of the snaps, seven targets, six catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. He has been super involved in this offense that has been clicking on all cylinders, but tough matchup, tough weather. Downfield options against the Jets are a big no-go. I am, I know he's been great. He might have won you some matchups, but look elsewhere. There, I think there's better upside elsewhere. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, kind of why Peter stayed in Amon Ra this week. The Jets defense is for real, so I'd look elsewhere for sure. I just I hope they sneak into the playoffs because I'd love to give uh, the two seed just a hard time. Dude, not, not asking a win, just want to make them earn a win in the first round. Hey, you just got to get in. Magic can happen. You never know. Tom Brady got in and won a Super Bowl. Hey, freaking Joe Burrow and them Bengals. We were not thinking about them at all last season. They got in and caught fire and make a run. All right. Wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end from us here at the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast to you. We wish you a very happy holiday season, very happy seasons, greetings, whatever you'd like to say. Um, but even more so, I think a little bit more important than that, we want to wish you a very happy first week of the fantasy playoffs. Super producer and I are duking it out in the biggest dynasty league uh, for all of us here. But we're both on the bye this week, so we both get to relax. Maybe we'll have a little phone call on on Sunday during the games and talk about the matchups. I'd actually really enjoy that little 10, 15 minute call during some of the games. Um, But we hope you got the bye. We hope that we have been able to impact you and your fantasy team over the past year or so. Wanted to thank everybody for making it to the end. Stay tuned on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy especially with the fantasy playoffs and the real playoffs coming up. Going to be very active over there at Dynasty Monarchy. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, do whatever you have to do on Spotify. Leave us a review. We really appreciate it all. Any final parting words before we get through the first round of the playoffs? If you got questions about start, sit stuff, a little specific to your league and your roster, shoot them on over to us. I mean, Usually takes 10, 15 minutes and you get an opinion from me, Max, Peter, and Nick C. Um, We'll give you some analysis behind it. And I think it's a really good way to, if you're stuck between one guy or another, whatever the majority of us says, or the thing you like the most, I I think it's a good tiebreaker. And hey, if it flails, like I'll wear it 100,000%, but just know that, you know, we're here for you and opinions can be there. Um, You know, we can provide opinions for you. All right. Wanted to thank everyone again for making it to the end next week. Next week's episode is, I feel like I say this, you know, every time we have a special episode, but I really do think this is my favorite one. Uh, Island of Misfit Players for anybody that has seen Rudolph, the Island of Misfit Toys. We do the Island of Misfit Players, just a lot of fantasy guys this year that nobody either A, wants to play with or B, they've forgotten about over this past season. Just great to keep your mind active on these players as we approach the offseason and a lot of teams that are either going to be stripped down bare bones or rebuilding your own team just to make sure you don't forget about certain guys. My favorite part of the year, favorite episode coming up next week, Island of Misfit Players and our Christmas extravaganza. 
Thank you all so much for listening. Peace out. Good luck this week. I hope you don't need it. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>